Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Nature Boost. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation. On a summer day, there is nothing better and more refreshing than floating one of Missouri's streams. But what if you've never done it before? Where do you start? What do you wear? What do you bring? Have no fear, because I was fortunate enough this summer to spend some time with some awesome and highly experienced paddlers. I first met up with Missouri Master Naturalist and avid paddler Bob Virag. Bob and his team of certified paddling instructors were gracious enough to take me on a float where the Missouri converges with the Mississippi River near Columbia Bottom Conservation Area. With this being my first kayaking trip on a moving body of water, I was a little nervous but thankfully these guys made it a safe and enjoyable experience. So uh, what we typically do is um, when we have an event, we will do a quick review, introduction, ask folks what do they expect out of this? What are they looking forward to? I'm looking to have fun, Bob, ah, and, to get so on, and to get on the water and cool. hopefully see some awesome wildlife we can, we and can. just just have a great time paddling. We can help you out with that. I knew I was <laughs> in the right place. Yeah, you were. The first and most important thing to remember when floating any body of water is your PFD, personal flotation device or life jacket. Even if you can swim, it's just a good common sense safety measure, like wearing your seatbelt. Also called a life preserver, we want them fitting well and snug and tight. There's a reason for that. This thing can jimmy around when you're in the water and you don't want this floating over your head. You know, help me, help me, help me. Because the, the, the personal flotation device is gonna stay on top of the water as you fall through the straps right to the bottom. So we wanna make sure that this thing is nice and snug. And I see as you put this on already, we typically ask people when they put them on to loosen all the straps first mm -hmm. and then tighten them up to make sure they're snug. I'm going to ask one of my fellows here. I may flunk this test because I haven't tightened this up. But uh, Craig's going to test and make sure mine is properly fitted. And if I fail, he's going to... A little snug. Maybe a little tighter, I think. Okay. <laughs> I like that a lot better. Cool. So, that, that works real well. So there's nothing better on you than a life, a PFD that saves your life. Yeah? The cool thing about kayaks is that they are extremely maneuverable. They're fast, they're flexible, but they are tippable. Make sure the foot pegs of your kayak are adjusted to your height that still allows your knees to be slightly bent. It's a little bit like tying your shoe, you know. When you're in that boat, you've got five points of contact your two feet, your two hands, mm -hmm. and your butt. If that boat wiggles a little bit, your, your body is just kind of like sensing all of those different motions. Whether you're turning, rotating left or right, or tilting light, mm -hmm. you can feel that motion, just like you can feel your shoe and get better balance with your shoe. So we're gonna fit you into that real well. Great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch first. When you're out on the water, sound doesn't carry as easily. So how do you communicate with your fellow paddlers if you need to get their attention? Certified instructor Craig Heaton recommends learning a few common hand signals before you head out on the water. So if we see something that we need you to uh, stop for some reason or slow down, we're going to go like this. This is the stop signal. If and you're just holding the paddle Holding the paddle straight up, yep. Above your head. Yep. Okay. And then if we need you to go to um, my right, your left, then we will hold it this way or need you to go that way, we'll hold it this way. Um, 
And then if we need you to just keep coming forward, I think it's just straight up like that. Yep. Come forward. What if you're in trouble? There. You can just kind of... Just wave it? Wave it like that. I'm in trouble, yeah. Really fast. Yeah, really fast. Okay. I need I need some help. Gotcha. Uh, the other thing is that if we, we may uh, tap on our head like that, which is a question to you, are you okay? okay? And then you, if you tap your head back the same way, then that, that you're telling us that you're okay. Okay. Or if you go like this, that, that means you need some help. Gotcha. Okay. So. Okay, and then paddle upstream. Okay. Can you try to go fast now? Come fast towards me. Come fast? Real hard, real hard. And I'm gonna make you go stop. A stop is a first backwards, real hard. Go like that. You see how you stop real hard? Real fast? Is that good? Yeah. Now turn around again. <laughs> okay. And go fast towards Perry. Alright. Should stop I stop when you get to Wait, let me get out of your way. Okay. You turn. So on your uh, on your that's it. Good, good, good. Now your left side, forward, real hard. Slap that back. That's a long Woo! three. That's a backwards three. Now forward, keep going. I go to Perry, real fast. After getting comfortable in my kayak and some much needed paddling practice, I was ready to paddle out to the main current and set off on my first Missouri River float. Perry's gonna take us out. And then, uh, like I said, you gotta be those little squirrels, you know? Don't get too worried about those. Just All right, stay, stay. Perry. Oh my gosh. Just, uh... All right, left, left, forward, left, left forward, left forward, left forward. Okay, and I'm the sweep. And now fast. It's gonna wanna turn you around, so. Yeah, pedal on that right side. Go to Perry. Right side. Go Back to Perry. pedal. Okay, there you go. Perfect. Go to Perry, right paddle. You fledged. I fledged. We, <laughs> Look here at you me are. go. Look at me go, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty peaceful out here, really. It's once, once you get there, isn't it? <laughs> it's 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 absolutely magnificent. Yeah. I see why people really get into it. Yeah, it is pretty peaceful. Yeah. Not as hard as a lot of people seem. Well, and there's something kind of powerful about being on your own yeah. kayak. You know, like your own vessel. It's just you feel pretty cool on one. Who's going to be able to get a hold of you out here? So. No, absolutely. You're <laughs> off the grid. Yep. And it's it's a good thing. I can't believe we saw a bald eagle. Yeah. That, that was, was cool. great. That yeah, was cool. It was. Not only was the float a great opportunity to take in the landscape, but Missouri's director of the American Canoe Association, Perry Whitaker, pointed out that floating the Missouri and Mississippi rivers is like touching a part of history. So many of those famous explorers that we learned about in high school. They paddled down this river. Yeah. You know, Marquette and Joliet, uh, Lewis and Clark, Hernando de Soto, they're all out here. Pike. And Native Americans were out here 12,000 years before that. This was our major interstate all uh, for thousands of years. 
a lot of the people in this area, they have no idea how much history is right here. You know, if you ask most people about the Mississippi River or the Missouri River, they're going to tell you about the bridges they have to cross. The bridges. And they're not yep. going to make that connection with, that's the river that Mark Twain talked about. When you paddle out here, you're actually touching history. That drop of water was at Lake Itasca a couple months ago. Right. And this, this little bit of water was in Yellowstone. Yeah. And this was in the Chicago River. And it all flows right by here. And, uh, and right so now, many don't even realize it. Yeah, and right now you're touching that. And uh, I, that's one of the things I love about being out on the water. It really connects you to that history. It, it almost kind of yeah. connects you to everything. The in a history way. and geography. Yeah. You know, uh, 150 years ago, right through here, we had all these steamboats passing by. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's just crazy to think we've got all these highway systems, all of these interstates, but this was the main absolutely epicenter of it all, really. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Native Americans, they would get out here and they would trade with with villages way down the river, you uh -huh. know, like this village up here, they might they might have salt that they could take down there and trade with somebody who had real good material for making uh, projectile points with. Right. And uh, these people might have had a, a, an overabundance of a particular nut that they wanted down there that they would trade some corn for. And so they would just travel up and down the river trading with all of that. And here we are, and I wonder, because we were talking about how much rivers change and they're yeah. always changing and what it would have looked like back then compared to yeah. how it looks like now. So a lot of the river, especially as we go up further, I mean a few hundred miles further, it's more like the river was a couple hundred years ago. Yeah. Here it's channelized and it, it's been uh, altered by man a lot more than it has been up there. Uh, you know, before the levees and the wing dikes, the river, it could be a few miles wide. And every time there was a flood, the river would change course. And it might, the river might move a few miles over that way, then a few miles over that way. Uh, but now it kind of stays the same place after, year after year until we have a big flood. And it says, no, now I'm going to do what I want right, to do. Right, right. And it destroys <laughs> somebody's farm that uh, has been protected by a levee. Water is such a powerful, Powerful Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, people get their food from this. And for thousands of years, they've been getting catfish out of here and, and all They're kinds drinking of water. drinking water and, and geese and ducks and the wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. So many of these cities are here because of this water. You know, St. Louis is a river town. Memphis is a river town. Mm -hmm. Alton is a river town. They're here because of this this resource. More floating fun to come right after the break. You really want to go there? If you'd go down that trail, if it floats your boat, gets you fit, and improves your view, there's an app for all that. The Mo Outdoors app has lots of places to hike, fish, bird watch, and more. Search by activity or location, download maps, see area pics and features, and mark your favorites. Download the Mo Outdoors app today and go there. Discover more with MissouriConservation.org. Welcome back to Nature Boost. 
Avid paddlers and certified instructors Perry Whitaker, Bob Virag, and Craig Heaton took me on an incredible float to the confluence of the Missouri and Mississippi rivers near St. Louis over the summer. We paddled out to Duck Island, where the guys shared more tips to kayak like a pro. And Perry even told me about his ambitious attempt at breaking a kayaking world record. All right, so let's get back into basic kayaking. What can you gentlemen recommend for somebody who is very introductory to this wants to invest in a kayak where where do you even start um get educated before you go out and get a get a boat um get the right tool for the job um there are quite a few different kinds of kayaks uh, five basic it'd be touring light touring fishing whitewater and recreational um touring 15 feet and longer it's made to just get out and go load down with gear and go. It's uh, 21, 22 inches wide. Light touring, 12 to 15 feet, usually 24, 25 inches wide, more stable, not as fast, easier to turn. Um, white water boat, usually less than 10 feet. It's made just a turn, 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 go over waterfalls, go to the ER, do Mountain Dew commercials. <laughs> um, fishing kayaks are usually about 12 feet wide and 30 inches wide uh, or more and they're just made to be really stable. And uh, recreational, that's kind of a odd term. They're all recreational, but a lot of times when people say recreational, they mean a $200 boat that is for kids or, or some adults. Um, if you get a whitewater boat thinking you're gonna go fishing in it, you're not gonna have a good time. Uh, so you just need to know what the different styles are and then what you want to do. Get educated, do yeah. your research. Learn what you're doing before you go out. Get out the credit card. I know you guys are based in the St. Louis area, but as far as programs to get people excited and interested in paddling, is there any resources out there that you recommend or websites, any, any organizations to reach out to? There are quite a few organizations. Here in St. Louis, we have the St. Louis Canoe and Kayak Club. They're very professional, uh, uh, they're very safety conscious. It's a really good way to learn some of the great places to paddle around here. There's the Missouri Whitewater Association, if, uh, if the rougher water is your cup of tea. Mississippi River Water Trail Association, if you're interested in paddling on the Mississippi. Now something else I'd like to touch on is whenever you do go out on a float trip, on your kayak, canoe, whatever, your vessel, what do you recommend bringing with you? What are the, the necessities to, to have with you on, on your trip? Boat, paddle, life jacket. Okay, Craig, uh, what can you recommend? Sunscreen, bug spray, water, food, a good hat, <laughs> sunglasses, and be prepared to get wet and think about the, the weather and the conditions and dress for conditions. Um, you know, if it's a cold day or if it's a rainy day, you you need to suit up for that. Bob, anything else? They really covered it. I mean, the safety is the really is the big issue. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how quickly things can turn sour, very very quick. Just, so um, definitely did everything that they've talked about. But don't forget to have fun. I mean, this is this is what it's really all about. Mm -hmm. And if you're just starting out and you're just you haven't a clue what to do, uh, you could you could look up those those organizations. But you could also go to a lake and rent, rent, rent a boat, 
many of these rental outfitters have got a wide variety of different types of boats that, that Perry talked about. And you can pick and choose and just uh, spend a little time on each of them and just get a feel for how they work, how they don't work for you, and how they fit your goals and how they fit your anatomy. I mean, if you want to take your dog out with you, you know, don't get into a sea kayak. You know, you may want to sit on top instead. So uh, definitely figure out what you plan to do in the future and, and aim for that or even reach a little higher if you think you can afford to do that. And you might you might find that um, by by toe dipping in the in the rental community, that that could help out. And then organizations like ours, the Mississippi River Water Trail Organization, has um, has a wide variety of events where we teach people how to how to kayak. Something else I thought about as we are sitting here on Duck Island, Perry went off on a little adventure and came back with some unsightly trash. And again, I just think it's so important to note whenever you're out enjoying nature is to leave no trace. Cause there's nothing like being outdoors and seeing trash and it can really sour the experience for you. There's a saying that we all live down river and we see that every day when we see the trash that's coming down off of the off of the highways into creeks and streams and into the into the main river here all of this ends up on a long long journey down to the gulf of mexico and it adds up in terms of the tonnage of plastic that's out there uh, we have as part of the missouri stream team a lot of uh, cleanups and trash bashes where we do that and we will we will have uh, lots of folks volunteer for that kind of an opportunity and they're very impactful but the biggest impact that these folks have is not the, the trash they clean up, but the people they educate in the process of doing that, not getting rid of that trash into the, into the road, into the, into the, into the uh, storm drains, and, because it all ends up back here. So if we can just influence people to just slow down on, on that disposal of single-use plastic, it would really make a great, great help. Very well said. Well, switching gears here, Perry, you recently tried to break a Guinness World Record. We tried to break the record for the fastest team to canoe the whole Mississippi River. And the record was 18 days, four hours and 51 minutes. And uh, there's another team trying to break it as well. They did break it. And we went 2,160 miles and we got hit by a storm and sunk our canoe with 137 miles to go and we were two hours ahead of uh, record pace. So we were that close. Oh. But other, other than that last few minutes, the trip was great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah. So, so give us a little more context here. You, you started where? Lake Itasca, Minnesota. Okay. And uh, Mississippi is pretty much just a, like a creek. It looks a lot like the Codaway or the Hoosaw. And then it goes through uh, rice fields and it changes personality as it goes through these, these areas. And then it widens out and it looks a lot like the Merrimack. And it just changes every few miles. And, it, and then it gets really wide and braided with lots of islands. Then you go through cities and industry and then more peace and quiet and wildlife. We crossed over beaver dams. We saw bears. We saw sandhill cranes. We paddled through incredibly large flocks of white pelicans. I saw a fisher 
jump out of a tree after something. And that is such, a fisher is like a large otter. That's just not something you get to see very often. And I was just blown away by all the wildlife I saw out there. What an experience. And, uh, it was great. Uh, now, were you camping every night? How did that work? We paddled 24 hours a day. Oh my gosh. Uh, we <laughs> I'm tired just hearing ate that. Ate in the oh boat, we slept in the boat, we went to the bathroom in the boat, <laughs> we paddled and paddled and paddled. Oh my gosh. And uh, the longest we were out of the boat was an hour and a half when uh, we hit some white water way up in Minnesota, hit a rock and went for a swim and pulled over and dried off and that took a little time, but that was the longest we were out of the canoe for the whole trip. How are you like not sleeping for three months straight? <laughs> uh, Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, I invented a new drink. I mixed Ensure with Five Hour Energy. No, so, no you did not. Oh. Uh, oh my I'm sure that drink's going to get some people kicked out of a nursing home. I think doctors <laughs> need to study you to, just to make sure you're okay. Oh my gosh, wow. No, it, it, it wasn't that bad. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was great. I trained really hard for it. How long were you training? Uh, well, I, I paddled a couple thousand miles per year anyway. Sure. And so I started going to a rowing gym and uh, uh, lost weight. And uh, I, I trained really hard for a year, but kind of hard for a year and a half. And when we got pulled off the river, I was ready to paddle back home. I still felt good, <laughs> except I didn't have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in awe of this store. That's absolutely incredible. And my big question right now is, is this something that you'd like to try again? Or it was I, once enough? I get asked that a lot. <laughs> um, I already have a boat. I just need to find the right people. I don't like attention. I don't want attention. But this is a challenge, you know, and it was fun. And I want to do it again. Well, and you were saying earlier that people recognize you because they followed you on, on social media. You could follow your 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 race you could that was the weird that was weird you know uh they're i'm afraid to guess how many people were thousands of people up and down the river waving and saying way to go good job and so i'm going down the river doing this prom queen thing <laughs> instead of paddling <laughs> and it was just so awkward i just wanted to paddle but yet i really appreciated appreciated these people cheering me on. I wanted to stop and thank them, but at the same time, no, I got to paddle. We had more neat. people turn out at the uh, Chain of Rocks Bridge, <laughs> watching them go over the Chain of Rocks, than we normally have during our Eagle Days, looking at eagles. I mean, <laughs> and that that's was, a big event. It was huge. I mean, this, this was absolutely thrilling, watching them go over those, those rocks. Um, it was it was kind of scary. We were all holding our breath, thinking that. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> here, here are these guys. They've been paddling for what nine days to get to that point, or something mm -hmm. like that. And they started off like this, aiming the boat for that for that run. And all of a sudden, you just you just see them go like this. And they didn't stop until they cleared all the rapids past. It was absolutely. We, and then finally, we could breathe, when, knowing that they wouldn't they didn't fall over. Mm -hmm. That was scary. Well, we had a hole in our boat, so I was really nervous about the, head, the chain of rocks. <laughs> and uh, the fix held, so we were okay. Wow. Do you have any advice for anybody who would like to, to compete in something like that? I, I don't think competing is really that fun for most people. I, I love being out there on the river and I want other people to go out there on the river and a lot of people through paddle the, the whole Mississippi. It's 
between 75 and 100 people every year paddle the whole Mississippi, but they usually take three months to do it. And it's leisurely and peaceful, and, and uh, this was work. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what were you eating? Everything. <laughs> Everything. We, uh, Lots of carbs. We had uh, safety boats and a couple RVs on our support team, and we had a chef on the RV who was feeding everybody. And How so, did they get it out to you? Did so, somebody just had to be? Safety boats would come okay. out, and uh, they would get the food and bring it out to us. Okay, I see. And uh, take our trash and go back and oh, give that wow. back to the RV. You had uh, a whole staff. There's like 25 people wow. uh, following us along the river to take care of us. Wow. Food wasn't a problem, but uh, the reality of it is, is I would have been content with pretty much anything. I'm just cramming food in. And, oh sure. And paddling. <laughs> I didn't have time to enjoy it, enjoy the food or anything. <laughs> it, could, it could have been edible or not, I don't know. Well, I appreciate you telling me that story. I was very curious. We were on a Zoom call and Bob said, oh, wait till you hear it. Just wait till you hear it. <laughs> For more information on paddling, contact the Mississippi River Water Trail Association, the American Canoe Association, or find additional resources at missouriconservation.org. A big thank you to my new kayaking friends, Bob Virag, Craig Heaton, and Perry Whitaker, as well as the Army Corps of Engineers for helping out with this episode. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation, encouraging you to get your daily dose of the outdoors.